Segabits presents Sega Talk, a podcast talking all things with your hosts, George and Barry. Hello and welcome to Sega Talk. I'm Barry. With me is George. Hello, everyone. Hey, and uh, maybe we should call this episode Barry and George or Sega Chaos. Well, we'll get into it. So <laughs> on this episode, um, George said to me, why don't we do a Game Gear game? And I said, all right. So I picked a Game Gear game and then I did some research and I was like, oh, it's kind of a Master System game. So we'll get into that too. What game am I talking about? Well, friends, we are talking about Sonic Chaos. And Sonic Chaos, or Sonic the Hedgehog Chaos, it's an interesting and important game in the canon of 8-bit 2D platforming Sonic games. Well, Americans like George and I may recall Mm -hmm. that the game released November 93 for the Sega Game Gear, Europeans, they know the game as also releasing to the Master System in October 1993. What more, the game is known as Sonic and Tails in Japan, and the sequel, Sonic and Tails 2, is better known in the West as Sonic the Hedgehog Triple Trouble. The game was developed by Aspect, the same team behind the 8-bit Sonic 2, which, don't go back and check, we haven't covered that one yet. But, um, George... How did you become aware of Sonic Chaos, and when did you first play it, if if at all? Have you played it? Yeah, I have played it. Uh, I, I played it when... Well, first, okay, so when I was growing up, uh, mm-hmm. my my mother bought a uh, Game Gear for my... It was for my brother, and she returned it because she... It was the bundle one with Sonic, uh, the mm-hmm. 8-bit one, but she returned it because the battery life was, was not good, and she was tired of, like, dealing with... Uh, us complaining that we couldn't get past Sonic <laughs> with a battery life, so uh-huh. she returned it. I really enjoyed it, though. I really thought it was like, like it blew my mind as a kid because you know you go from Game Boy to that, it's a mm. big upgrade, right? Yeah. And so going into school, I remember I was always about. I was one of those guys that always trade my games to get something I wanted. So like, if I had something Nintendo related that my mom bought me that I really like a game. I, if mm-hmm. I have like two or three Nintendo games, I might be able to trade it for like a Game Gear with like uh, a, a certain amount of games. So later on in my life, I traded a bunch of Super Nintendo games so I could get a Game Gear with like 15 games. It was some crazy amount, and this one was one of them. And yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was um, it had some issues, kind of like you can't see too far. So because you know the the Game Gear screen so small. That mm. you would run into things a lot, but uh, I, I had fun with it. Um, what about you? I mean, it wasn't my favorite Game Gear game, but it was it was fun. Yeah, for me. yeah. Uh, for me, so I I bought a Game Gear relatively late. In fact, um, I I can't recall exactly when I got one, but it was definitely like in the early two thousands. And the reason for that is is I had a Sega Nomad, and. Mm. If you have a Sega Nomad, you don't really need a Sega Game Gear because you're no. playing 16-bit Genesis games on the go. And I ended up getting the Majesco Game Gear, and I don't know what if you know what that is. I do but, not. Explain. Okay, so yeah. So back in my Nomad Junkyard days, yes, that's, that's uh, way back when. In fact, May 13th, 2010, 
about um, almost 10 years ago to the day that we record this, maybe a month off, um, uh, I was writing about the Majesco Game Gear. And so I said here, I was talking about how people at Games Radar were writing about Game Gears, and they were showing love for the Majesco one, which I've always been a fan of. And the reason for that is, uh, I'll get into it here. So the Majesco Game Gear, it... Um, Majesco is a U.S. company that struck a deal with Sega to re-release their own model of the Game Gear in 2001. Unlike the Genesis 3, which Majesco also produced, their rendition of the Game Gear was almost a carbon copy in terms of body design. The only real aesthetic game was the game aesthetic change was the Game Gear logo, which turned from the classic red, green, blue um, to a plain white. So that's how you tell them apart. Uh, but the Majesco Game Gear is and i said this at the time it still is my go-to model um and the first game gear i've owned and one of the reasons is is that the the lcd screen is a little bit better Mm. and that's about it but like if you're gonna have an improved hmm yeah i mean if you're gonna have one of them you want to have the best one right exactly so like if you're gonna have a slightly improved lcd screen you're gonna go. You should go with that one, even though it's not an original model and it doesn't work with the TV tuner. Apparently, like who cares by this point? Um, yeah. It's like you know that's the one you go with. But I, I talk about that because Majesco also re-released a handful of Game Gear games, and one of them was Sonic Chaos. And so mm. I I bought it boxed. It must have been new because this thing looks almost brand new, and this was. Uh, a Game Gear game released in 2000, which is kind of crazy, right? Yeah. Like a brand new cardboard box swinging from the pegs of a Game Gear game. And, um, yeah, and I, I played it and I enjoyed it. I mean, I there were some cool things in it that we'll definitely cover on this episode that I think the series should have carried forward into the uh, 16-bit games and beyond. There's some really fun ideas in it that I just, I think that kind of got left by the wayside. And there's some really interesting firsts for the game that I think a lot of people are unaware of. So Mm. let's get into the story. It's really simple. Uh, Tell me if you've heard this one before. So Eggman, he currently has the red Chaos Emerald. And you'll see that on some of the packaging. Um, Ah. He's gripping the red Chaos Emerald. I, I mean, it's just the red one. It could have been anyone. Um, but, uh, he is attempting to find the other five. So yes, this is from the era of six chaos emeralds. If you'll remember, uh, Sonic one only had the six Mm -hmm. and they've lost their balance and scattered as they always do. And without the power of the emeralds, and this is where it gets a little interesting. If you're a Sonic fan, uh, South Island, which is the Island from the first Sonic game begins to sink into the sea and it's up to Tails and Sonic to save South Island before it's too late. So, as I said, the story's simple, but it has several interesting elements found in later Sonic games. So, George, uh, I know you, you're probably not, like, huge into the lore, so I'll test no. you here. How does Sonic Chaos compare to Sonic 3 and Knuckles, which released the next year? I don't really know this. I haven't played Chaos in a long time, so, like... Mm-hmm. I'm I'm really like not getting this, so I guess you could explain to me so it's not into Sonic lore like most people. All right, so the the emeralds are stolen, 
and islands start sinking, like ring any bells. Mm-hmm. You know, that's Sonic 3 and Knuckles yeah. right there, but it's the yeah, floating the island. Story. It's the floating island falling yeah. into the ocean, and in this case, it's an island island sinking into the ocean. So it's like, uh, it's it makes me wonder if maybe South Island used to float, and then it, it kind of sunk to the ocean and sat there. It's, uh, I don't know, I think that's kind of interesting, that it's basically the plot of Sonic 3, but using the island from Sonic 1. Um, do you think was this it. was like pur- purposeful, or do you think it just happened to uh, work out this way the stories for both of these games? I have a little surprise later on in the show oh. to answer your question. Okay. You excited? Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm really you... excited. That's how we keep people listening to the show for the next three hours. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the game kicks off with the player choosing either Sonic or Tails. Sonic can spin dash or strike dash, as they call it. The strike dash is faster, but Sonic is standing and left vulnerable to enemies. Both moves have their advantages and disadvantages. The strike dash is faster downhill, but the spin dash is faster uphill. And because it, this is because uh, the strike dash Sonic is heavier. Isn't that strange? Mm. So when he's running, yeah. when he's running like with his head up, he's heavier than when he's rolling when he's down. Um, so his like weight changes, and because of this, the physics kind of change. Um, Notably, this is the first handheld game to feature the spin dash and the first game to include what would become the super peel out. I think that means like in terms of um, uh, on handheld. I think the super peel out had already come out at this time. So yeah, Mm. so this is the first handheld game with the spin dash and the super peel out, though it was called the strike dash. And so there's two methods of um, speeding Sonic up. One of them standing, one of them rolling. Uh, do you think Aspect was over overly complicating Sonic's controls here? Do you think it's an interesting way to kind of make such a small little handheld game have a little more to the controls? Yeah, I'm going with the later because, like, um, once you think about it, uh, the Sega 16 versions of these games had, like, the, you know, state-of-the-art graphics, state-of-the-art sound right. at the time, of course. Um, right. So they had to have something with the gameplay that would give them a unique twist on it. And I think that's pretty cool, the idea that they came up with. It Mm kind of gives you a a new way to play the game and maybe even experiment. And maybe if if it worked out with fans, they could have used this in like a a game mode or an an idea in a future 16-bit game. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think it's a pretty cool idea. It makes it stand out from just being a, oh, this is just a watered-down Sonic, uh, classic Sonic game, right? Right, and, and you know, the, the Game Gear, we haven't talked about the controls there, but it's basically the Master System. It has the one button and the two button, and mm-hmm. the D-pad. That's it. So yep. I, I think they were making do with what they had. So you press up to do this um, strike dash, you press down to do the spin dash. I mean... That's Sonic doing more than he had ever done at the time on uh, handheld, and so I think that's kind of impressive. It's it's a fun way to make the game have a little more going on than just what the uh, previous two 8-bit Sonic games had. And um, it's worth noting, Aspect did not do the original Sonic One. I think that was Ancient. I could be mm, wrong. Yeah, it's true. Um, I think so because it was Yuzo Kinshuro on soundtrack, right? That's right. And then and then Sonic the Hedgehog 2 8-bit was uh, Aspect. So this is their second game. 
and um, we'll, uh, we'll get into that in a little bit here. So, uh, <laughs> um, so uh, let's see. So Sonic Chaos, it's the first 8-bit Sonic game to feature Tails as a playable character. Tails is slower, but starts with five lives and three continues, while Sonic only has three lives. Unlike Sonic, who must collect all five Chaos Emeralds by entering special stages, which require 100 rings, Tails does not collect emeralds. Tails can spin dash like Sonic and fly. However, the flight controls differ from uh, other games. So Tails can only start flying from a standing position. So he can't be running, jump, and then fly. Um, and he will continue to hover for a short amount of time if you let go of the D-pad. He won't float down. So basically, mm -hmm. Tails is the easy mode in Sonic Chaos. So what are your thoughts on this? And should Sonic Team have continued with this role in future games where you pick Sonic or you pick Tails and Tails gives you a little bit of an easier experience maybe for younger players? You know, it's not that bad of an idea. And if you think about mm -hmm. it, this is uh, something that like Nintendo has actually done. I don't know mm -hmm. if you played the new uh, Donkey Kong Frozen whatever freeze or whatever. I don't know. Tropical freeze or whatever the, that game's called. But they have no, like Funky no. Kong on it mm -hmm. and he basically is like an easy mode version so like i don't think any like people you, i don't think like lava could hit you because you're on a surfboard and so That's interesting. They, they kind of miss around with the gameplay to let you play as a new character that makes it easier which is basically what they did with tails here and mm -hmm. you know it's being used right now for a reason because it's smart it gives you if you beat the game with like let's say sonic and it was the hardest it gives you another reason to play the game through again at, with another character. And I used to, mm -hmm. I mean, we did this with Sonic Mania, obviously, even though it, there was not that much of a change. We liked the controls enough to explore the same levels again with these other characters. So I think it's a, a no brainer, I think. Right. And did you, so at the time when you played this, had you played Sonic 2, the 8 bit version? Yes, I guess I did. I played all three of them, so maybe that's why I was just like, oh, this is all right, you know, because I already played Sonic 3 and Knuckles, and, you know, once you play that, <laughs> you're like, top, well, besides, you know, Mania, but that was a right. long time ago, right? So, right, um, yeah. So, yeah, back then, the pinnacle was Sonic 3 and, and Knuckles, right? Of right, 60, right, the and then on, on, so on the Master System and on the uh, Game Gear, though, like the 8-bit Sonic 2, it, the plot was basically Tails gets kidnapped and Sonic needs to save him. Tails is not playable. So this, you know, you're buying Sonic the Hedgehog 2 for the Game Gear. With that title, you're assuming, and with the box art too, you're assuming you're going to play as Tails, and you don't. When you buy uh -oh. this game, which is called Sonic Chaos, you do get to play as Tails, whereas in Japan it's called Sonic and Tails, which makes a lot more sense just a in terms more. of... Right, and so you can see how the, these... These titles aren't really doing them any justice, especially when you're lifting Sonic 2, but not giving the Sonic 2 experience. It's not like um, the original Sonic 1 8-bit, which was a little more in line with the Genesis original. So, I mean, I pers personally felt a little ripped off as a kid, because I was like, wait, which one do I play to play as Tails? It's not Sonic 2. Oh, it's the yeah. Chaos one, right. You know, like I had to remind myself to not pop in that cartridge uh for sonic 2 i mean nothing against that game but you know it's like you know it, it felt a little bit like false advertising to me at the time um, i have to kind of agree though because like i don't think people understand back then that the sonic 2 media machine was huge 
And yeah. one of the big things is obviously you get to play as Tails. So imagine being one of those kids whose parents can't afford the brand new Sega Mega Drive or Sega Genesis. Exactly. And, like, you have a Master System at home, and then your mom's like, I'm going to buy you Sonic 2 on the Master System. And you're super happy. You saw the you saw the adverts, and it has Tails on the cover. And then you mm-hmm. get it, and it's like, cool, no Tails. All right, sick. <laughs> exactly. Um, a, a cool thing, though, about Sonic Chaos is that the game features items. So there was the Pogo Spring and the Rocket Shoes. And the Rocket Shoes allow Sonic and Tails to fly forward for a limited time at high speeds, whereas the Pogo Spring gives Sonic and Tails the ability to jump for a limited time. These items are highlights of the game, at least in my opinion, and deserve yeah. more appearances in future games. I, I believe Triple Trouble did have them, um, but it wasn't until Sonic Colors that unique powers like these became prominent. So what are your thoughts on these items, and should Sonic Team have introduced unique power-up items sooner in their games rather than just doing invincible and fast (laughs) you know yeah you know i would wish that sonic team would go back to these games that they didn't have any hand in i I think that's Mm -hmm. the problem with them right they think well we didn't do anything here so let's not go back to these but like Mm -hmm. just having these little items like the pogo spring be part of like i don't know sega all-stars racing or a a item for in Sonic Generations would have been better than just having a generic name item, even though mm-hmm. the, you know what I mean. It gives yeah. it uh, a history with it, right? It, gives, it lets mm-hmm. you remember, oh, it's from that one game from the Game Gear from a long time ago. I, I think it means a lot to the fans more than it does to like Sonic Team, because I mean, Sonic. Do you think to- Sonic Team thinks about the Rocket Shoes and Pogo Spring? Uh, no, 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 they don't think about <laughs> that. Uh, what do you think, though? I, like I said, I thought they were really cool additions. I think it would be really cool to, uh, instead of focusing on the Wisps, to actually um, expand the item box powers. Again, like power sneakers and invincibility are great, but I, I mean, they had the elemental shields. I thought those were nice additions, especially the moves that Sonic could do with them. So mm-hmm. that was a step in the right direction. But what I really liked about the Pogo Spring and the Rocket Shoes is they were so extreme. Like, you just blasted forward. And the closest thing I can think about with that is, like, um, man, like the All-Stars racing games where you just, like, blast through, you know, as your All-Star move. All-Star moves? Yeah, yeah. Or um, in, I think, the Shadow the Hedgehog game or something. Didn't he do something like that? He, I like, think just. So. Yeah. I'm trying to so forget I mean, about Shadow. I, me too. But, like, I just, I like the idea of these power-ups that are just so insane rather than just being like, oh, you have a shield and you can, you know, go underwater and bounce with bubbles. Like, there's a lot more thought involved with that, which I really appreciate in terms of um, stage design and, and stuff like that. But, like, sometimes when you're just like, these are rocket shoes and you just, like, propel forward through an entire level without really any care to the, the you know, gameplay experience outside of just, you just blasted forward a whole bunch, like... I like that. I think that's fun. It's it's goofy. Um, what do you think and, about the idea that like Sonic Mania didn't really have any references to these? Are you surprised by that one? I'm not too bothered. I know they had. I think they had like the um, Game Gear games referenced a little bit, but not this one. I think it would have been cool though to re revive like stages from these games and give them 16-bit appearances rather than giving us Green Hill and. Uh, like other Sonic 2 stages again. I just think it was a little underwhelming in that regard. But, that would have been um, pretty sick. But yeah, it would have been cool to 
bring forward some of these 8-bit ideas into the 16-bit era. So like, yeah, give us the rocket shoes in um, Sonic Mania for one level. Like, go crazy. I don't care. <laughs> um, they had another thing, too. It was this, like, bonus panel. So you know that little signpost at the end? I think uh, depending on how many rings you had collected throughout the stage, when you went to the end, you would win a prize. So the prizes included Flicky, which was no prize, mm. Ring, which was 10 rings added to the final tally, Sonic, which was an extra life for Sonic and a continuous Tails, Tails, which was an extra life for Tails or a continuous Sonic, and then a blank panel, which means spin again. And another thing, Sonic Chaos is also notable for being the first Sonic game to show the player's speed. So... Can you name two other Sonic games that implement this feature? And I'll give you a hint. You can't, you can't peek. No, I'm not gonna. Um, but uh, I'll I'll give you a hint. So the the first one is also a Game Gear game. The second mm. one is a game that you can play on the 360. I know one of them already because I I actually did some research on how fast Sonic is, and I do know Sonic Unleashed says it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one, I don't remember to be honest with you, so I'm not gonna lie. But uh, it's, it's not Triple Trouble, is it? No, but another hint I'll give you is it's a game where it makes absolutely no sense to tell you the speed because it's so slow. Liber- Labyrinth. Yeah, it's Sonic Labyrinth. Okay, so like, okay, what are they okay. gonna say? <laughs> Sonic went five miles per hour. Way to go! You know. Ooh, nice. Uh, ooh, yeah. yeah, that's a game we should cover sometime. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, so I, I think that's cool. I think, I mean, obviously Sonic is not going like 700 kilometers an hour or anything in the game, but it's a really fun way to kind of enhance the speed, you know, because you're playing the game, you're like, oh, I'm going fast. But then when the game's like, you just went 500 kilometers an hour, you'd be like, holy shit, what's a kilometer? You know, yeah, of course, um, we're American, right? Right, like miles per hour can't uh, be in there. I mean, we have miles per hour, but anyway, um, so you know, those are two little things I think are also really cool. Uh, I'd like to see again, the signpost has always been utilized in different ways, it would fly around and you would bounce it, but I really like this idea of it rewarding you almost like a slot machine, um, using different panels as your reward. Uh, Which is, I think, better than the 16-bit where you had to like hit it around and then hopefully you hit the ground where in right. the, in a place where like an item would pop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I never really figured that out. Like, was it where it landed or was it how you tapped it so it kind of poked the ground but then went back up again? I'm not sure. I wonder what that is actually. Like the programming behind it, does it matter mm-hmm. where it lands or does it matter how many times you hit it before it hits I'm the sh- ground? I'm sure someone listening to this is like, it's, it's how it lands. Jeez, <laughs> read the manual. Um, uh, so, like I mentioned, the game released to the Master System in some territories, and differences include screen resolution, obviously. The music differs for the intro and for Gigapol- Gigalopolis Zone. The uh, SMS version lacked victory music for the items. Um, stage layout differences occurred. There was a misspelling of Tails's name, so he was called Miles Power in the uh, Master System version. Um, nice. And there's tons of more subtle ref- differences. Way too many to go through. You can find them all listed on Sonic Retro. But 
suffice to say they are kind of like uh, the uh, a video we just did for the um, Retrobit Dreamcast controller. It's like it's different enough that if you play the two different ones, you're going to see the differences, but they're still calling them both Sonic Chaos. So, yeah. yeah. So did do you think Americans missed out on there being a Master System release of Sonic Chaos? And I'll point out, this was 93 at the time. And um, have you played the Master System version? Okay, so I haven't played the Master System version. And to mm-hmm. be honest with you, I was, I was kind of shocked that there was a Master System version. I was reading the notes, and I was like, there was a Master System version. And um, as far as us missing out on it in America, I do feel like the Master System in America didn't quite take off. Yeah. I also felt like... Um, kind of by like 92 by the time sonic 2 came out it was kind of game over on like the sega fans were already all 16 bit bit so maybe not too much i thought that uh it being on the gate on the game gear something that they were supporting and that was an issue with sega at the time they had the sega cd the mm-hmm. genesis and uh now what the game gear was that all at the same time so yeah, they have I... stuff to support i believe 1995 was the year that sega was re- basically supporting every single piece of hardware except for the Dreamcast, obviously, in some territory. So you were still yeah. seeing, you know, like, Master System, I think even SG, maybe not SG-1000, but everything from the Master System up to the Saturn was being supported. Yeah, so it was a lot. Yeah. Um, yes. So I can see they, why the American version was like, eh, let's right. just release the one on Game Gear and, you know, whatever. Um Personally, to me, I don't think it's that big a deal at the time in 93. And I think you, I mean, we were both alive and you kind of, it was basically Super Nintendo in America or Sega Genesis. So why right. put, how, why put like advertisement bucks into uh, a Master System? That'd be kind of weird, right? Right. I, I don't even think they were really releasing Master System games in the U.S. by that point. So it would have been a really weird thing. Um Thankfully, they didn't name it after a Genesis game, or it would get even more confusing to be like, oh, yeah, there's, you know, three versions of this out there. Um, yeah. But I I thought the game itself, so like the stages, which I wanted to run through here, I thought they were actually pretty unique and interesting. Um, yeah. It didn't, it, it still f- fit the template of a Sonic game, but there were some pretty interesting ones here. So let's go through them here. We had Turquoise Hill, which, you know, Green Hill, Emerald Hill, it's just another green color. Still cool. Good way to kick it off. Then we had Gigalopolis Zone, which um, was kind of like Starlight Zone from Sonic 1 with the city at night and construction materials. There was Sleeping Egg, which I think is interesting because it's a floating island in the sky with Eggman carvings, and typically that would sound like the last stage, but it's the third one. So you're already going into the sky, leaving the island that you're trying to save. Um, yeah. Sleeping, sleeping. Uh, wait, Mecha Green Hill Zone. I think that's really cool. So Mecha Green Hill Zone is coming in at the fourth stage, but it's a basically like a bad future Green Hill Zone from Sonic CD. Mm. So it's almost like you went up to Sleeping Egg and then you come back to Green Hills, because remember, this is on South Island, so it's it's kind of cool to see that progression where it's like, you're still on the same island, but 
Eggman has kind of taken over Green Hill Zone, made it look crappy. And then you go to Aqua Planet, which is a weird name because it's basically, it's it's not a planet. So I don't know why they're calling it that. Um, maybe it was a misspelling, Aqua Plant Zone, maybe makes maybe. more sense. Yeah. And this was like a marble zone. You had your typical under underground water level. And then finally there was Electric Egg which is similar to the 8-bit Sonic 2 scrambled egg zone, and it was a very high-tech environment. So what stages stood out to you from these, and what are your thoughts on the game expanding on Sonic 1's South Island? Cool. I wish uh, more, like, modern games did that. Like, we still have this whole thing where they're, they're trying to, like, oh, we need to put Green Hill Zone here. I mean, I think there's a lot of levels here that could have been remade on Sonic Forces, uh, I think it's weird that there's a literally a zone called Sleeping Egg. Like <laughs> when you when you like play the old Sonic games, they kind of had like real like a lot of thought into the the names. I don't know if this is just a weird translation issue here, where it's like Aqua Planet. What this isn't a planet. What are we doing here? Right. Um, so, uh, but I do like the uh, they have another Green Hill Zone here, so I guess we could talk about Green Hill Zone, Mecha Green Hill Zone. Which mm-hmm. how many times has Green Hill Zone be re- been remade? Like a Bad Future or a whatever. Like we have that sand one on Sonic Forces, and then we yeah. have like we've seen every angle of it at this point, right? With Sonic Mania, I uh, but, think I think there's been so many Green Hill Zones that we could do a Sega Talk someday where it would just be called Green Hill Zone. And we just talk about every single Green Hill Zone. And compare them and see which one is the ultimate Green Hill I'm Zone. I'm not joking. Level. We could do that. Oh, no. Yeah, we can. We it definitely we could go into the history of the design <laughs> of Green Hill Zone. Mm-hmm. The first time uh, Al Nielsen and all the Sega of America people saw the most beautiful green pasture known as Green Hill mm-hmm. Zone. How it became the name Green Hill Zone anyway. But yeah, yeah. The, what is your favorite levels on here? Um, I really like Gigalopolis. Um, I like, like the, the idea. I, I like the name. It <laughs> it actually reminds... Remember when we had T. Lopes on to talk about Sonic Mania? Mm-hmm. And I said Studioopolis. And he goes, no, 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 I'm going to stop you there. It's Studiop- Studopolis. Studiopolis. Studopolis. And Uh-oh. I was like, I can't say that. I have to say Studioopolis. It's just how my brain works. I, I, I thought that's how you said it. So, like... He's probably seen this. He's like, mm-mm, no, that's not Studi- how you say that name either. Studiopolis. It's Studiopolis. Studiopolis. And I was like, Studiopolis? And he goes, no, there's no two, there are two O's. So in here it's like, Gigop, Gigopolis, Gigopolis. Um, mm. uh, yeah, so I, I'd say it's kind of a tie between um, maybe Sleeping Egg and Mecha Green Hill Zone. I like those ideas. I really like how it's like, it throws in... A sudden bad future Green Hill Zone, and you go back to the first Sonic stage as the fourth stage for this one. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I just think it's kind of fun that they're expanding on Sonic One South Island. I actually think this is a place where the IDW Sonic comic could really expand and actually, instead of moving around to all these like new cities they were creating, like oh it's, I don't know, like rusty, rusty. <laughs> Nails, like Rusty Nail Town. I don't know. If you've been reading the comics, it's just kind of like they go from these village to village and they're all kind of boring to me. I really wish they would kind of build out uh, South Island and, and reference some of these and give more of a connective tissue to all of the 
crazy zones that exist and um there's just some really cool ideas here that i think they could expand on in like comic books and stuff um oh yeah for sure so yeah so let's talk about the promotion for the game so the game had your typical sonic game promotion with bright and colorful print ads and crazy commercials interestingly sega would sometimes promote the game alongside sonic cd and sonic spinball proclaiming sonic mania due to all the games for sonic releasing around the same time do you think this is how sonic mania got its name i I, you know what i think so yeah maybe they saw it and they're like we could just call it this this marketing term was pretty good right and then they're like okay that makes sense i also gotta say too just about the title sonic chaos i think that's probably like if you're gonna take sonic and then slap a word at the end i think sonic chaos might be like one of the best ones because it's a uh it's a prequel to sonic adventure right is that what, is that what we're gonna be saying right <laughs> well yeah but what i mean is like you know you Just take joking. like mania jam advance adventure unleashed like some of those are cliche some of those are just like goofy words but chaos is really a word that's been within sonic since the very beginning so to 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 say sonic and then chaos it's just i think it's such a cool title it's i don't want to say it's unfortunate that it was used for just like a game gear game but at the same time i could see like let's say this game never happened or they titled it something else and then 2022 they're like we're releasing a new game it's called sonic chaos like how jazzed would you be like that's an awesome title why didn't they do that before this is great i can't wait it's gonna what's gonna be chaos emeralds what um yeah i agree with you on that one it kind of reminds me of sonic and the secret rings where at the time people Mm -hmm. were like oh my god they're like are they gonna reveal what the rings came from they didn't but um you know it's just it's such a staple for the series chaos emeralds that to include it in a title, I think it's a really great title. Um, Do you think it's a, a better title than Sonic and Tails, though? Yeah. I okay. mean, Sonic and Tails, it tells you what you're getting. I think that's fine. It's kind of cool to put Tails up there. But, you know, it's like calling a game Mario and Luigi. Like, is that more exciting than Super Mario Odyssey, you know, or... Uh, Super Mario Brothers, like you know, it's 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 not as exciting a title, Sonic and Tails or Sonic and Tails Two, but it it tells you what you get. But to be honest, like like if if calling this Sonic and Tails for all the regions meant that Sonic Chaos is freed up for like another title that maybe would have been on Genesis or Saturn or uh, like Dreamcast or even now, I'd be all for that because I think I just think Sonic Chaos is such a cool title and it's. It was kind of not wasted here, but you know what I mean. It's just like I mean, it's is... wasted in the fact that like Sonic Team's never gonna like pretend it exists, and like that's that's a waste, I think. Yeah, that's true too. So you know, it's uh, this is kind of been, I mean, I feel like we're wrapping the episode up now, but it is <laughs> it has been like a sideline sort of uh, uh, game. So let's get into the commercials here. Um, we can watch them together if you want. Yes. Let's. Uh, why don't you drive over watch. to my house? I'll hit All play. Right. Let me and, go uh, over there real quick. Yeah, yeah. Let me. So tell me when you're ready. Um, I'm for the, ready. The first one. All right. Yeah. Here we go. Hit play. Amazingly, the universe began in chaos. Things were fast. It was cool. <laughs> over the years, that chaos would take wow. many forms. 
But one thing it's never become is portable. Introducing wow. new Sonic Chaos for Game Gear. Chaos with rocket shoes. Chaos with pogo springs. Chaos with Sonic or Tails. Chaos improved. Remember getting your new hair Sonic cut? Chaos only yeah. on Sega Game Long Gear. <laughs> so, so okay that's that like such a typical early 90s uh saiga commercial right mm-hmm. and it, you know it, you know last time we watched the donkey kong commercial and we talked about how it was copying sega Dude, this is the commercial like that's 100 percent reminds me of that donkey kong commercial with all those like clips about chaos and stuff yeah. and it, and then it's like the bees and all this, and then you're like, well, what is this? What is, what 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 does that have to do with the video games? And mm-hmm. then in the end, they hit you with the game, right? Um, well, on top they did of a that, good job so on this one. Yeah, it's a cool commercial, but it's kind of funny how they're like, there's so many things going on because it's like, in in 30 seconds, they're like, it's uh, the dawn of civilization, chaos, uh, planets exploding, kids getting their hair cut, playing their game gear. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god! And then 15 seconds in, you're finally seeing the game. Um, yeah, that's true. I mean. I, let's let's compare it now to the Japanese Sonic Chaos, uh, Sonic and Tails commercial, which you can find actually on Sonic Jam. So let's watch that one now. Let me know when you're ready. I'm ready. All right, let's go. Hit play. So what do you think of that one? Yeah, that was a lot better. Like I, I personally just like the Sonic and uh, Tails animation on this one. That's mm-hmm. really cool. If they reuse that in the other commercial and kept, you know, some sort of like narrative about chaos or whatever the name, yeah. and then showed the clips of the kid playing playing it with his haircut. Um, that would have been fine because I understand they're trying to play up the portability in the U.S. one. There's, this one is just advertising the game, and obviously they're just pushing the Sonic and Tails aspect of the games. You notice how they both have their own like motives on how to sell it. Uh, mm-hmm. The U.S. one was obviously the mobile. It's a mobile Sonic game, and it's powers and the name. And this one it was like you could play as Tails. And then the other one didn't even men- the U.S. one didn't even mention you could play as Tails, which is kind of strange it is kind of strange and i think at least with the u.s one they gave the game footage like full screen which is great Mm -hmm. whereas with uh this this one it's like it's like a tiny little screen on your tv screen and then they're dangling all these really pretty animations in front of you so you're hardly paying attention to the screen it's almost like they're trying to hide the game like they're not proud of it um (laughs) Which I think is a shame because there's some cool stuff going on back there. I mean, look at all... All right, so I'm just... I mean, you don't have to replay it, obviously, but I'm like... You see the rocket shoes, you see the pogo spring, you see a lot of rings on screen without it slowing down. Mm -hmm. Um, You see, you know, like some cool Eggman boss fights, and then you get that little ending. But um, all in all, I think they're both fine commercials. There actually are more out there. But, um, and this is a little PSA, if you run a wiki and you want to post commercials, rip them and post them on your wiki. Don't post YouTube accounts that will eventually get taken down. Because there were some cool sounding ones um, that I can't find now, like European ones. But, um, you know, c'est la vie. I guess that's what Um, it is. So, I got a question for you. Yeah. Did you, 
you know, we were both portable kids. You know, we had some portable consoles growing up. Did you mm-hmm. ever go get a haircut and play the Game Gear or no. uh, Nomad? No. No, because I, have I. I had uh, something called, like, the ability to focus. <laughs> I didn't need to go, I need my Game Gear. I need to play while I'm getting my haircut, man. Oh, yeah. You know, like, yeah, it seems I would like... Play it, on road trips, maybe like I would play yeah. on road trips in the car. Like I never wanted to go to a public place and like be stuck in a game, and like ignore everybody around me. To me, that's kind of strange. But I think a lot of commercials in the '90s wanted to depict kids as hyperactive with short attention spans, so they needed their games at all the time. So you'd see kids like at school and lunch, and I'm you know like getting their haircut and stuff. When in actuality, you were like. I'm going to take this out in the back seat of the car. I don't want to see, like, I don't want people to see me playing it in public. Um, I had that magnifying glass thing and for it, you know, and I was like, I don't want ev- yeah. ever want to see, have someone see me using this, you know, like it was kind of like wearing like leg braces or something. It was just kind of embarrassing. You know, you, I don't know, nothing against leg braces, uh, but you know, as a kid, you're like, I don't want my friends to see me doing this. Like, uh, uh, I mean, you know. now you see people playing the Game Boy all of the time. Yeah. Like, especially when the Pokemon games came out, I feel like the whole like taking your video game out in public became more of a mainstream thing. I don't really, maybe even with Tetris, but like, I feel like the multiplayer mm. stuff really made, uh, I guess, handhelds more uh, popular publicly with a lot of people. At least in my. Uh, growing up you know life but yeah go on sorry about the haircut thing <laughs> it's fine <laughs> um so i will say that uh during so here's here's the big reveal so during much of the game's development sonic chaos was actually known as sonic the hedgehog 3 oh, however no. this was a sequel to the 8-bit sonic 2 which was a very different game from the Genesis Mega Drive Sonic 2. The game added features found in Sonic 2 and Sonic CD, so as I mentioned, playable Tales, Super Peel Out. However, it was decided at some point that the game should be rebranded, possibly to avoid confusion with the, the console release of Sonic 3. So, do you think Sega made the right choice to split the 8-bit games off from the console games by changing the titles? And was it confusing to have two Sonic 1s, two Sonic 2s <laughs> that were very different? And let's just imagine a parallel universe where this game right now we're discussing is Sonic 3. Like, what's your thought I, on that? Yeah, I would say 100% it's confusing, especially for us, like, writers. Mm-hmm. It's confusing, especially when you, you know, this whole time we have Sonic the Hedgehog Game Gear, Sonic the Hedgehog Mega Drive, Sonic the Hedgehog... Uh, 360 PS3 game. Yeah. And then, like, they did this a lot with Shinobi, too, and I remember getting really upset about it when it was, like, Shinobi Game Gear, Shinobi uh, on the arcade, uh, Shinobi on the PS2. Um, I think you have to have a subtitle on it. Um, I think Sonic Chaos is fine. They should have probably called it something maybe, like, uh, I don't know. I I have no idea. Maybe, like, a cute name or something to make it feel like it's a portable, like, sell the portable aspect of the games. Maybe all of them. Yeah. Maybe, like, uh, Sonic Game Gear 1, Sonic Game Gear 2 or something. I don't know. This is just generic. I mean... I mean, I will say, in I think in Japan, the Shinobi Game Gear games were called the GG Shinobi, right? That's right. That's right. So, 
I think to make GG something would have been cool. So you could call it in a, instead of putting it at the beginning, you could call it Sonic GG, Sonic 2 GG. Like that sounds yeah. kind of silly, but I mean, then again, we've got a Wii. You know, we've got you know, like there there are funnier names out there right now. So yeah, for sure. I don't have a pro- like if I if we right now were talking about GG and it was like something they legitimately put on the box. It's no different from adding 64 to something, you know. It's just it is what it is. Um, but I just I can't imagine uh, uh, them moving ahead and slapping the Sonic 3 logo on this because, I mean, outside of a sinking island, there's no comparison. Like there's no Knuckles. Um, I mean, there's nothing. It's not it's not Sonic 3 for the Game Gear. And then imagine this. So Sonic and Knuckles would have been Sonic triple trouble which was sonic and tails too like imagine if they went that direction how confusing would that be where sonic and knuckles is a game where yeah knuckles is in it but also fang the sniper or knack the weasel and all this other crazy yeah. stuff's going on so i'm kind of reminded i think the most recent uh thing that happened with sonic like this is the um i'm trying to remember what what game was that uh colors Sonic Colors for the DS was actually Sonic Rush, basically. Mm-hmm. And then Sonic Lost World for the 3DS was a completely different game. Yeah, they do that. I mean, I'm so happy that we don't have that anymore, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that the 3DS, there's no handheld versions anymore with the, the Switch being a one-and-all thing. Yeah. I think that's a lot better because <laughs> I was already getting tired of, like, getting confused where you're like talking to me about lost world or somebody else's and about how different it is and i'm like what what what, 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 what? like just kind of <laughs> weird but so in your in sonic team's point of view uh the game gear 8-bit sonic the 16-bit sonic are different timelines i guess in the lore or how does that work yeah, I mean, if you ask Azuka, I'm sure he'll give you a really bad answer. But um, essentially, yeah. So Sonic One, Sonic One Game Gear, and Sonic One Genesis, or 16 and 8 bit as people like to call them, are probably the mm. closest to each other, just in terms of the beginning and end. Though there are differing stages and layouts, obviously. But after that, like Sonic, so that's why it gets confusing. Because Sonic, if yeah. this were Sonic Three it would be the Sonic 3 to the Sonic 2 that is the Game Gear game, not the Sonic 2 that is the Genesis. And I think you just, you can't do that. It's just too confusing. Um, at the at the very least, Super Mario, they had it right, I think, by doing the land designation versus world. Like, it seemed a little smaller because it was on handheld. Again... Yeah, that's brilliant, actually. You know, I think that's think a great... idea. I, I mean... Yeah. That was a good branding idea. Yeah, like, land is, is smaller than world. Um, so in this case, like, I think it was smart to finally start doing something like Sonic uh, Sonic Chaos, Sonic Triple Trouble, Sonic Rush, like, Sonic Advance, because it, it gives it their own flavor, and instead of referring to it as the 8-bit games, we could have been calling Sonic 1 for the for the the game gear master system something different and i think more people would have been paying attention to it because more people i feel talk about super mario land affectionately mm-hmm. for completely different reasons than super mario brothers and i don't think that's a bad yeah. thing and no. so you know and it's interesting too because despite the limited release for the master system version 
that version is seen as the main platform for the game, whereas the Game Gear, despite the Game Gear 1 being developed simultaneously, and the reason for this is that based on prototypes, the Game Gear version was always a step behind the development of the Master System 1, and additionally, they were using placeholder Master System assets on the Game Gear 1 until they got around to creating ones for the smaller resolution. So, you know, it's, it's interesting that the main version had a smaller release than the secondary version, which is actually now see it seen as the main version of the game, which is why when I kicked this off with you, you were like, pick a game gear game. And I was like, well, this is a game gear game, but technically it's not. (laughs) So technically, uh, technically it's not, but if I didn't do this one, then we couldn't do Triple Trouble sooner because we would have had to do this one first. So, you know, that's c'est la vie. true. C'est la vie. Um, yeah, and um, you're, I'm looking at the screenshots that you posted on it, and uh, mm-hmm. they're more zoomed out, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So there are some. Are you talking about the early game designs? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, to get into this, there are some early screens depicting some differences to the final game including darker stage colors and tails in the special stage. And as you mentioned, it does seem a little zoomed out, which makes me wonder if these are Master System screens, just because there's a little more to be seen. Um, But yeah, as mentioned here, so this is on Sonic Retro, the the colors are a little darker. Um, Tails has Sonic's life icon. If you look in the manual, which I actually have two manuals here, I have the Majesco one and I have the original one, um, are they different? They well, the Majesco one has is in black and white on cheap paper. The yeah. um, original one is on glossy paper, and the cover is color. And if you go on the inside, it's not that it's not really different on the inside, but the screenshots, as mentioned, do have a little bit of a darker tone. So it looks like they used earlier versions for that. So um, another thing is that the game does have hidden elements. So by hidden elements, there is a hidden level select, there is a sound test, and most notably, the sound test has Sonic, and you can make him perform a Street Fighter Hadouken by performing the the move on the controller. So yeah, Sonic does a little... You know, he shoots the little... the thing. (laughs) I I think they should bring that back in one of the stories where, like... Something happens, and all of a sudden he does a Hadouken, and it's like, wow, brilliant comic book art. Like, they're calling back to Sonic Chaos, one of the <laughs> exactly. games that nobody played. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, yeah, that'd be cool. And what I thought was really cool, and this is a nice uh, little tie-in, actually, to our Vector Man episode, which we recently did. The Japanese version of the game features elements that allow contests to be held. So if a player finishes a level at 700 kilometers an hour or more and pauses the game and then holds um, the upper left, I guess like that little diagonal thing, plus one and Mm -hmm. two, a hex code will appear on the screen. And if you send it in, they use it to determine a winner. And such a contest was held in December in 1993 through several, I believe, three Japanese gaming magazines. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, and it was, but unfortunately, this was left out of the U.S. and European version. So, do you think they should have left this back in for potential contests at the time? 
And what are your thoughts yeah. on contests being held like this, where it's kind of hidden, and then they just give you an instruction, uh, rather than how Vector Man did it? Uh, so for people that didn't watch the other episode, Vector Man was basically you beat the game, and some cartridges in the end of the game gave you a winning screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like this better because you could just check the code. But then again, somebody could figure out a hex code for something and then just send it in and be like, yeah, I got that. Of course I got that. What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, so the problem back then was just cheating was just so easy. I, and I think a lot of these companies didn't – I mean, I think the Vector Man one, I guess you have to have the cartridge, so that's mm-hmm. harder. But as for the hex code and these magazines, I think they just did these contents, contests to get people to buy the games day one. And then play it a lot and then submit the code. And I think they they kind of did their job. And probably the the payouts weren't $20,000. I'm sure they were like a free Sonic shirt, you know, promotional material. Possibly, so, yeah. So it yeah. depends, right? I think it's fun to have these little hex codes because then you could sh- uh, like share it with your friends and stuff. And they could have made it a feature where it's like you know i don't know maybe like a code where you could i i have no idea what they could have done with it but they could have done more where like it unlocked the screenshot or it, it i don't know you could brag with it i don't know something like that. i guess leaderboards is what i'm thinking but this is back then with no internet yeah so, so, something you could have done is linked the game gear with the genesis by allowing you to play game gear games and if you complete a, a game or something like that you get the code and then you enter the code on the home console like version or something and you unlock something that'd be kind of fun that'd be cool yeah, yeah. that'd be cool um and you know and that's not the first time that they implemented contests into sonic games you know remember sonic adventure had i believe it was reebok like dlc and you could do little oh. competitions there so um yeah you know nothing new to sonic but i think it's a really cool feature and it's a shame that they left it out of the u.s and europe because i feel like at the time in 93 like this would have been perfect it wasn't until, like, yeah. What's the point of taking it out if you're like releasing it in the U.S. and you're not going to use it? You're not going to do any contest. Why take the feature out? Is what I don't get. It's yeah, weird. I don't know why you wouldn't leave it in and then potentially talk to magazines and be like, "Hey, Game Pro, do you want to do a contest? Like, what's your loss there? It's already in the game. It's yeah. uh, it's free promotion, you know. But eh, who am I? I don't know. Um, <laughs> So, Sonic Chaos, it saw several re-releases since 93, with the Game Gear version seeing a re-release, as mentioned, by Majesco, alongside their, as mentioned, improved version of the Game Gear. And because of this re-release, and this is interesting, so Sonic Chaos, and here's another first, it is the first Sonic game to be rated E for everyone. Ooh. So there you go. Congratulations. I'm surprised. Uh, Not even the originals? I don't think so. Wow. Okay. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> this was a, <laughs> this was something I saw posted a few times online. But hey, I at the very least, it's the first Sonic game to be retroactively rated E, mm. right? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Fact check me on that one. Um, uh, so Sonic Chaos was featured in Sonic Adventure DX as an emblem collectible and was also in Sonic Mega Collection Plus in 2004. Have you played Mega Collection Plus? Of course, yeah. It's a, it's a great collection. I have and the then, GameCube one, but yeah. Yeah, and then Sonic Gems Collection. 
So between those two, you would get all of the Game Gear games, I remember. It would have like half were on one and half were on the other. So, yep. and the Gems collection was only on the GameCube, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and, and... Not on the Xbox? I don't... That was the one with um, Sonic the... F- was Sonic the Fighters on it? Oh, boy. No, Sonic so CD was. Ago. Sonic CD was. Um, and I think Sonic the Fighters was, but I, they didn't get Chaotic Sonic, which was Chaotix, which they wanted to. But, you know, you can, uh, at the very least, play all the Game Gear games on your GameCube if you have those two games. And the game also saw re-releases on plug-and-play consoles in 2005 and 2006. And finally, 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 the Master System version saw a release on the Wii in 2009, which you can no longer buy because... Nintendo's terrible with keeping their uh, archives <laughs> up and yeah. running. You can yeah. still download your uh, 360 games, but, you know, God forbid you download a Wii game. Sorry, guys. Have you played any Sorry. of these? Uh, I played the one on... the Well, obviously, the, 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 the Collection Plus or whatever re-release, and I did, um, I think, the Wii version. I didn't buy it myself, but I think I played it before. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they're just ports. They're fine. Um, I, one thing you did not mention on here, I guess, and I guess I could just mention it real briefly, and you, you could tell me your opinion on this. There's a fan remake of this game, right? Using a more like advanced 16-bit engine, or at least to make it kind of looks like Sonic Mania in, in like a Saturnish sort of animation. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you think of that? And like, I know it, it's not. The look, I really like the 8-bit look, so I kind of wish they would have went with that look. But what do you think about that project? It's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just th- I thought you had, like, a strong, like, dislike or like for it. I- I've only played a l- – I've only seen videos of it online. I haven't played it. So I can't really patch judgment on the controls and stuff. But uh, hmm. it's something I want to play when it's more complete. I don't know if it is complete. I, I read – didn't they announce, like, a few months ago it was, like, fully released? So I'll, I don't know. I'll have to look into that. I didn't know about that. Okay. Well, hmm. you, you can look it up. It looks pretty sick, actually. But And um, as yeah, far as my e, e for Everyone rating, I think that's what I meant was it was the first one to be retroactively re-rated or rated. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Because so, Sonic, obviously Sonic Adventure came out in 99 uh, before this, and that was rated E. But, yeah, interesting. They were like, the ratings review board and in 2000 we're like oh we have to review a uh, a sonic game here so anyway wrapping things up here so sonic and tails it saw a sequel sonic and tails 2 better known as sonic triple trouble in the west also a beloved and important game in the series i think it is better though to wait until we cover this on a future sega talk in the meantime let's read some of your memories so first off, uh, if you support us on Patreon, you get first come, first serve. On the comments right now during the crisis, we are opening things up to Twitter, so we will be reading those. But first off, we have loyal Patreon patron Nicholas Schaefer here with his comments. He says, So growing up, we had no money for systems, but my neighbor sold me his Game Gear for 20 bucks with Sonic 2. I could not beat the first boss of that game, so for a while I didn't get this game but as a huge Sonic fan, I finally got it, and I was happy, very happy with it. Well, I prefer Sonic 16-bit 
titles. There are a lot of neat ideas in this game and Triple Trouble, and really wish Sega would do some callbacks to these games like they do with the Genesis games, and I agree fully. Preach, brother. Preach, preach. <laughs> uh, here on Twitter, I'll read two of them here. So, um, Sawzifi says, six years ago, I, um, my friend and I were stuck on the second boss for like an hour, then we quit. That was the first and last time I played the game. Uh, and then we also have here the last comment, um, High Impact Sexua said, played it as a kid back in the Mega Collection Plus, and I remember it distinctly being the only Sonic game I could make progress in. So, that about does it for this episode. Is there anything you want to say, George, before we wrap things up? Did you find it to be that easy? I mean, it's it's a, it's a handheld game. I think with playing as Tails on it, it's definitely a lot more easy. And I do remember getting pretty far in this game without any trouble. So it is, it's a little easier, but then again, isn't Sonic 1, like, kind of easy? Yeah, I so. thought they were kind of easy. I think there's, like, a section in Sonic 1 where, like, you have to, like, save, you know, when you're getting out of the pyramid and the water's going, that, that that's a little hard. But outside of that, it's an easy game, I thought. Yeah. So, yeah, just wrap it up. Bye. Bye. See you next time. Subscribe. We love you. Bye. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> <laughs> Love, that's that's a strong word. <laughs>